welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Happy Harvest is what I was trying to say with a nice big voice. Happy Harvest to you. Is that a thing? Do you do, did you, anybody get a Harvest card? Oh, it's a bit of chopping down too many trees, isn't it, to start sending out cards at harvest time as well, but I wonder if that might catch on. I do have apologies to anybody who saw this same talk online last week. Um, You'll just have to spot the difference, because it's not going to be quite the same. Um, there's, There's lots of references in Scripture to seeds and plants and growing and reaping in the Bible. And lots of Jesus' Jesus parables have those agricultural analogies, don't they? Now, as you know, I've preached before about how God has taught me through a living parable of my garden at the vicarage. The three lessons that God was at pains to teach me about was about mission, the importance of doing the groundwork, about persevering, and being patient. And it was a joy to welcome many of you to our garden party over the summer. I hope you did see the advert in the notice sheet. Um, The rain did hold off despite the forecast. Uh, We had one half hour of a light shower instead of the thunderstorms that had been expected. But hopefully those of you that made it saw how the garden has grown in a year from nothing under the providence of God with the sun and the rain. It felt a bit like our own harvest Thanksgiving, though sadly the only edible crops that we'd planted were gooseberries, and the squirrels got to those before we did. Very frustrating. But it has been a joy to see what can be done in a year, having done the groundwork with patience and perseverance. And so to reflect on the parallel between the harvest of the ground and the harvest in mission, The garden party was also a celebration of two years of my ministry in West Cheltenham. Can't believe it's gone that fast. Uh, But it was great to welcome not only church family, but lots of people that I'd met through networking and through prayer walking. And a couple of people from the church commented to me later how good it was to see so many unfamiliar faces and such a cross-section of people. Having spent so long doing the metaphorical groundwork, patiently persevering in praying, building relationships and serving the community, it does now feel like the harvest time is approaching. So reflecting on the community ministry with, the, with regard to harvest, I felt this passage from St. Matthew's Gospel seemed particularly relevant. So I'd like to spend some time this morning reflecting on the, some of those verses, particularly verses 36 to 38. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus saw the crowds. Do we see as Jesus sees I wonder, do we even look? I have to admit, if I'm in the supermarket, uh, I'm usually focused on my shopping list um, and finding what I want on the shelves. And if somebody actually hails me, I'm really quite surprised um, to be interrupted in my focused task. 
Um, I tend to ignore everything else around me, not looking, so not seeing. And I wonder how much we do that in everyday life. Too busy, too focused on our own affairs to stop and look and see. What would it take for us to slow down and really look at the world around us? At work, to really look and see your fellow workers or your clients. At home, to look and really see your neighbours. At leisure, to look and really see your friends. Or as another reason we don't look is because we're afraid to see. If we saw what we knew there is to be seen, would we feel overwhelmed and helpless and harassed ourselves? Is the not looking a way to protect ourselves? When Jesus saw, he was filled with compassion. It's a strong word that. Literally, he was moved in his guts. He was stirred deep inside, an emotional response leading to caring action. Compassion is the very nature of God. It's a refrain of the Old Testament, the Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms. Our God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. And Jesus calls us, through Luke's gospel, to be compassionate as he is compassionate. Harassed and helpless. That describes our world today, doesn't it? not so much the physical issues but the spiritual and emotional pressure upon people harassed by all <clears throat> by all that the world throws at us <clears throat> the result of too many demands stressed persistently disturbed when I carried out the community consultation about the land at say Aden's site one of the things that stood out for me <clears throat> was a number of non-church people who would value a quiet space for personal reflection, commenting on how hard it is in normal life to find time to stop and be still and think. Jesus likens the people to sheep without a shepherd. Now, from my own experience of living in the Shropshire Hills and in the Forest of Dean, where the, the sheep roam freely... <coughs> Excuse me. I know that sheep are stupid. And left to their own devices with their heads down, nibbling the grass, they can very easily just wander off and get lost. And they tend to walk into danger rather than away from it. So if you're driving in the Shropshire Hills or in the Forest of Dean, you do need to be very careful because if the sheep on the side of the road, as you get closer, it's just as likely to walk in front of you as it is to run away. One could feel insulted to be likened to sheep. But Jesus' listeners would probably more likely recall the words of the prophet Ezekiel, where in chapter 34 he prophesies against the shepherds of Israel, the religious leaders, who take care of themselves rather than the sheep. The sheep are depicted as neglected, maimed and scattered, and ultimately becoming food for the wild animals, because no one cares. I think Jesus is making a comment more upon the lack of care and leadership than he is upon the stupidity of the people. Then he said to his disciples, 
These next words are directed specifically at his followers, at us, his disciples. The harvest is plentiful. Well, yeah, there are so many people in need, aren't there? If we just think of our own parish, West Cheltenham, the largest in the diocese, with 30,000 people and more to come, and significant levels of deprivation. But Jesus isn't just referencing the number of people there are or the height of the need. He's speaking about the harvest. There is a plentiful harvest that is ready for the reaping. These are the results of what's been going on quietly and unseen. The results of the the sun and the rain over the previous season or the seeds that have been sown. We don't know what happens to the words that we speak or the deeds that we do in the name of Jesus. We don't know how God has been at work in people's lives, in their hearts and minds, making those small seeds of the kingdom sprout and grow till they're ready for harvest. Jesus is telling us the harvest is plentiful, for God is at work. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And not just few, but by implication, too few, because we're told to ask for more. I watched uh, an episode of Country Farm a couple of weeks ago, the harvest edition. An older farmer recalled a time in his childhood, back in the 30s, when the harvest was a whole community activity. And the school would ask the farmers when to have the holidays so that they could close to allow whole families to join in the harvest. They probably all had different roles, some to reap, some to sucker the reapers, some to pile up, some to thresh, whatever you do in a harvest. Um, But everyone was involved. It was a whole community activity. As a pioneer minister, it can sometimes feel quite isolated, as I'm often on my own. And I'm really grateful to those who gather with me to pray each month for the area and for the ministry. And it's also really good to have a couple of teams now of people who have been supporting particular projects, the development of St. Aidan's Land and the Community Passion Play. In the groundwork of the sowing of seeds, I guess the farmer is often a lone worker. But as the harvest approaches, so the need for workers increases and the call for everyone, the whole community, to get involved. So ask the Lord of the harvest, pray, The response to seeing and caring is to pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. It's his. God, God is the gardener. What a relief. We are not responsible for the growth of the kingdom. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he talks about how he sows Apollos waters, but it's God that makes it grow. We don't need to protect ourselves from seeing and caring for it's his responsibility. And he is faithful, as we've been singing about so much today, and he does provide. But he does need workers. <coughs> and he calls us to pray for them. I'm reminded again of that quote from Augustine that I heard recently. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. And our prayer is to send out workers, to send out into the open air, beyond the church walls. That's where the harvest is, in the fields, in the community. It's comfortable in here, and it's good to gather, to recalibrate. 
And when we worship together, we can be filled with the Spirit. When we receive the nourishment from communion, that the communion and the Spirit are given us not just to feel nice and warm and fuzzy and to, to enjoy God's love holding us. It's fuel for mission. The word you use in the Catholic Church for communion is mass, which is, comes from the same root as mission, from the Latin missa, meaning sent. And those important words at the end of communion service, send us out into the world to live and work to your praise and glory. The purpose of coming together, of worshipping, of feeding, being fed, is to go out on mission into his harvest field. So in the community ministry, I've done lots of groundwork, and that will continue. That continues in the different fields of, of ministry. But in some areas, there's already been a lot of sowing, and the harvest is looming. But the workers are few. I'm thinking particularly for myself, the, the community passion play, as uh, Josh mentioned yesterday, the day of audition, really exciting. We've had a small group for the last 18 months preparing for this, uh, this production um, at Easter. And yesterday was the first time we sort of had other people engaging. Um, a really exciting 18 people have been able to cast the principal roles, which is great, uh, most of the main roles. Uh, but there's loads and loads. It's a cast of 40 we need. We had 18 people turn up. But it's very exciting. And if, if you feel in any way that you could be part of this, um, we've got a launch event on the 18th of October at St. Barnabas Church. If you want to be involved in the background or in the performance side of it, with singing or costume making, the tech, we need lots of people who can do a bit of sound management, really helpful. Um, or if you just want to be part of the prayer network behind it, then I do encourage you to come along on that evening um, and to be praying now about what your role might be. It is a massive missional opportunity as we tell the gospel story in the public place and allow the word of God to be sown and who knows what harvest might come of that. The harvest is looming the potential is huge, but we can't do it on my own. So please join in asking God for workers. And a final reflection from this passage. It's important to realise the position of this instruction from Jesus. It's a bridge between Jesus' ministry, which he sums up in verse 35. He went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. The groundwork, perhaps, or the sowing of the seeds. It's a bridge between that and the extension of his ministry to the disciples in chapter 10. The need is too great for Jesus alone, so he calls the twelve to him, gives them authority, and sends them out to help. This call to the disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers is immediately followed by Jesus sending out the very same people he's just told to pray. So having prayed, be prepared for God to call you to be the answer to your prayers. But don't let that put you off praying, for there are rewards. Something else in the Harvest episode of The Country File, 
One young farmer spoke of the harvest being a culmination of the whole previous year's work, something to be looked forward to with great anticipation as you get to see the fruits of your labour, described it as a time of energy and activity and excitement and immense satisfaction as you work with others in bringing the harvest. Later in the Gospel, we hear when the 72 disciples returned, having been sent out by Jesus, they came back with joy, exclaiming at what God had been doing. It may be hard work, it may be scary, but it's exciting and fulfilling as we see God at work in other people's lives. See, care, pray, receive and go. Now, obviously, there are all sorts of different ways to be serving God in bringing in the harvest. And I know many of you already serve him in so many wonderful ways. The St. Mark's-based activities, Noah's Ark, Messy Church, Open the Book, amongst other things. Uh, I know Josh is looking for people to help serve with the youth work, making food, helping with the light party, um, all sorts of opportunities. As my relationship with Springbank Academy is growing, they've asked for experience Christmas for their children. And it'd be great if there were some other people who could help in running that. There are so many ways to participate in serving God um, and bringing in his harvest. And prayer is work. So please do sign up to pray and commit yourselves to pray. And I really just want to finish by reading those verses again, if I can find them. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.